Hey guys, welcome back to the Pod of Greed. I'm Paul. What up? I'm Alec. And we're here to talk about card games. Yeah. And uh, other things. Card games, other things, AI. Say, a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! news this week, actually. There actually has been plenty. I know last week was like a sort of slower one. This week, not the case. It's not. It's not been slow at all. And Not uh, the case. Uh, do you want to know? You, you got stuff to start us out? I got stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I've been working on some new decks. Have you been working on well, some Well, I guess they're not new, but... Uh, I've been messing around with uh, heroes. And do you know why I've been messing around with heroes, Paul? Why have you been messing around with them? Because I finally got my hands on Arm Neos and the new Flame Wingman from Battles of Legends Monsters Monstrous Revenge, which okay. we talked about a little bit uh, last week. But I just want to say, because I did see this, as some, someone did float the question in the comment section of the last video, um, asking my opinions on the new heroes. Yo, these new hero monsters are sick. It's a shame that the Flame Wingman retrain is essentially just the perfect hero bridge piece. It's not a retrain of Flame Wingman at all. It's not Flame Wingman, but it's like the perfect hero card right now. So it's like a good card, but yeah. maybe lore-wise or like kind of anime faithfulness, it's not really. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not very. It's not Flame Wingman, but it's a great hero. And Armed Neos is a is a especially great card too. I kind of see it in the same vein as Rainbow Neos. It doesn't have the same um, like kind of fluid effect of being able to destroy monsters, uh, speller traps, or what's the hand? Was it or did it banish things? I forget what the third effect on uh, at Rainbow Neos was. Anyway, Arm Neos is also a great card. You can even use it to cheat out other heroes that you're normally not supposed to be able to summon easily. I just love that card. I just love. I just love the new heroes. Yeah. Well, speaking of heroes, it's actually a great segue into. Uh, the 2023 North America World Championship Qualifier. A.K.A. the only one that matters. No, that's not true. I'm just joking. Well, I mean, it was certainly a big event. It had uh, approximately 3,000 players, uh, 12 rounds of Swiss. Can and you imagine 3,000 Cash Tira players? Well, thankfully, that's not what, the, <laughs> what it was, <laughs> although there were a lot of Cash Tira players. So I guess what we're interested in, of course, is the fact that Jeremy Mitchell won. So congratulations hey, to him. I applause. I don't like know him personally, but I know that I've been to a lot of the same events that like he has because he's been playing Yu-Gi-Oh for like a hot minute. I mean, you've been playing Yu-Gi-Oh for a hot I, minute. I guess that's I mean, true, but he's been like you know, guys, I've been playing like, Yu-Gi-Oh that long, just winning my whole life. at Yu-Gi-Oh for a hot minute, mm, unlike me. I have no idea what that's like. So congrats to him. Um, he was playing Kashira. The breakdown for the top 64 was actually uh, more diverse than like people might think. There were uh, a lot of Kashdira decks, but there were also no surprise. Dragon Link, Pirelli, Sprite, Rika Sun Avalon, Brenda Despia, Manadium, Labyrinth, Gold Pride, Vanquished Souls, Heroes, and TR Elements. Wow, that's like every slightly relevant deck for the last two formats, it feels. Yeah, a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of diversity for sure. Um, now, of course, Castera did make up the majority of, well, not the majority, I mean, it was like 21 of 64 spots. So, not quite the majority, but as a the, solid percentage. Yeah, a hefty chunk. And then as uh, things kind of broke down, it further what, took up more and more what spots. What was the second most popular deck? Let's see, the second most represented deck was Sprite, actually, with 12. Uh, kind of a surprise. I was expecting something like maybe Branded to be there, but on. Um, it had seven. Uh, now, uh, the reason that heroes seems relevant is because there was a hero player who got all the way to top 32, a which was pretty awesome. I think that that's something that I saw a lot of people uh, really getting behind. Uh, just, I mean, you don't see heroes very much in like the top cut of these competitive events. You don't. 
So, but I can tell you why, or I have an I have a general idea on why heroes can make it further than they could previously. Okay, what's your story? The new Flame Wingman retrain can search for your favorite speller traps, and typically they're all terrible, except for favorite contact, the trap card that lets you special summon one of your hero monsters on your opponent's turn, and. A lot of people are making great use of Shining Neos Wingman, mm-hmm. who destroys cards for every attribute on the field. I have no clue that's what he was playing. Do you, do you know what, what his build was? I haven't. He'd had a be crazy to. not to. Well, at any rate, his name is Nicholas Christmas. You can check out his uh, profile on YouTube. I, I see. I've heard there's a couple of like versions of the profile up. So, I mean, every YouTube worth their salt, YouTuber worth their salt has a hero's profile right now. We don't. Um, but you know, yeah. everyone's worth their cool. salt, dude. Yeah, anybody at that event, I think, would definitely want to record it. It actually reminds me, um, Konami at these YCS events has started allowing people to do a little bit more recording as long as you do it in their designated media area. But I thought the media area was really small. At least it was the last time I saw one. I mean, it, it's not huge, but I guess it's supposed to be a thing, <laughs> there, there, so. there is a There's like a child's like school desk. And it, is it, there you go, guys. That's, uh, that's, that's your media spot. Yeah, uh, so some other kind of conversation pieces that came out of it were that uh, Eradicator Epidemic Virus once again made a really big impact. Um, Kashdira is able to use it pretty effectively, among a few other decks. So um, it was ripping spells and claiming games. That is what the card does. And also Dimension Shifter made a lot of impact as well. I've seen a lot of people complain. Wait a minute. Never mind. I'm mad about that card. You use that against me. Yeah, I know. Dimension Shifter is nasty. I'm not talking about Dimension Shifter. I'm talking about Epidemic Virus. Oh, yeah, that too. He uses it in friendlies like a bad person. Hey, listen, if your deck can use it. The point is, though, is that these are some really polarizing cards that some people seem to have a bit of a problem with. Um, I don't have the strongest opinion on these cards right now because... Again, I am not like an active sort of tournament player in the TCG right now. Most of my Yu-Gi-Oh time is Master Duel. Guys, it's a lot of time. I, I cannot but, undersell or oversell how much time he has. But I will say that uh, I totally understand why people don't like these blowout cards. Like, I get it from just a gamer kind of perspective. It feels like you don't get to play, and that sucks. So You just got outmaneuvered by a superior opponent. Though I will say I don't think that Konami is likely to hit these sorts of cards because they uh they tend not to really hit them very much so maybe this will just be the same. I guess it just I guess it depends on how it happens. I think Konami tends to avoid I've noticed like hitting reactive or like anti-meta cards very much in their ban list. They usually just hit the meta cards and then. Is that why it took so long to get rid of Mystic Mind? I don't know what the story is with that, but um, you know what's weird? I kind of miss it now. Do you? Yeah, I do, which is weird. Oh, God, that'll get you (laughs) your head on the stake. So, yeah, that was the uh, North America World Championship qualifier. Top four was four Kashdera decks. That's maybe a little bit disappointing. I know people probably would have preferred a little bit of diversity there. but Arisar is just like, so who's going to win? Yeah, but, um, you know, it's what it does. Uh, I don't think there's anything else to say about it, just that it was a really cool event, it sounds like. I wasn't able to be there, but. It sounds like people had fun. We were this close to going. This close. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the North America World Championship Qualifier. We'll see those top four players, along with a few others, at um, the Worlds event in Japan. So maybe that'll be worth tuning into. And now you'll have to work a whole year to get a new invite to go to the next one, Paul, that you won't go to. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think I'll. <laughs> I mean, 
don't know. I don't know that a tournament you go like in person is necessarily for me, but uh, yeah, so that's the kind of competitive news now. Just in general, there's a lot of other Yu-Gi-Oh stuff going on right now. Oh yeah. Um, what do you have? You got something or? Well, I was going to talk about the um, some of the reveals we saw out of a uh, what's called Duelist Nexus. Oh yeah, I've seen is some that of the those. name of the set? I'm yep. making sure I get that right. Yeah, Duelist Nexus. So I pulled up. Up, oh, I closed my tablet like an idiot, but I did pull up the new um, world premiere archetype. What is it? I heard someone say the name, and I didn't look into it. So they are called, allegedly, Tistina. T-I-S-T-I-N-A. Tistina. Okay. So this is an archetype of what looks to be living crystals. Luckily, there's a write-up on them. In this world, there is a massive crystal embedded in the center of a great mountain range. An entire crystal domain extends forth from its very from every direction, changing everything that's touched by it into the shape of a crystal. The crystal rot doesn't just affect the environment either. It spreads to animals and other life forms within the domain of the great crystal, transforming them into an entirely new being. Okay, what's it do? I, mean, I just don't know. What is it? It's like a synchro thing? Xyz Fusion? Or is it just... Well, I'm getting through the lore first. Okay. Oh my God, these Yu-Gi-Oh players. Okay. Is it a natural disaster or something else? Whatever, whatever it is, the creature, it's altered. The creatures it's altered continue to roam free. The rock continues to spread and something else seems to be forming within the domain as well. At the center of it all lies something that has become known as... The crystal god Tistina. All, and all who gaze upon its form marvel at its beauty and experience true fear. So, yeah, uh, we actually don't I, don't, I don't think I actually know much more about them. I have pictures of the oh, artwork. Are they going to be like revealed, I guess, later in the week? We're recording this on Wednesday, so. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. They so, look like at emancipators. Like they do, yeah, that whole like crystal deal. This could be a single archetype. This could be an This could be anything. There's with the way Yu-Gi-Oh mechanics work now, almost any archetype, no matter what its artwork looks like, could do anything. These could be fusions for all we know. Yeah. Well, um, I saw that. I saw that they were saying um, the 25th anniversary, like the quarter century secret rares. There's 25 of them in this set, which is really cool. Okay. And the one, what is it? It's like the one that's got the two magicians on it. I magicians of Bonds and Unity. Yeah, Magicians of Bonds and Unity. So it's going to be a quarter century card. And um, it's sort of special because it's going to have like a green background in this set for Duelist Nexus. But that same card is going to be in the next three sets after. And yeah, it's kind of weird. And you can pull it in those. But when you pull it in those, it'll have a different color background. So having all four bonds and unity magicians in all four colors in like quarter century secret rarity is supposed to sort of be like a chase thing that feels weird i mean i'm sure they thought it was a good i mean well it's not a bad idea but like i feel like this is weird aesthetically non-pleasing fact that there being four of them but you can only run three in a deck that's true although uh, maybe here's the good news its effect is so bad, you're not actually going to be running it. I think it's just a collector's oh, wait. I have the card. Let me see if I can read it. Cannot be normal summoned or set. Must be special summoned from your hand by having 25 or more cards in your graveyard. 
while your opponent has 25 or more cards in their graveyard, this card gains 2,500 attack and defense, which would give it 5,000, 5,000. Yeah, so it's, it's very much like a gimmick thing, but I guess yeah, it's in theory... It's not a great gimmick, but I guess you're not supposed to play this. Yeah, you're not you're supposed, supposed to, to flex it. with it. It's like 10,000 Dragon, I think. It's sort of the, just, you have it, it's hard to pull, it might be worth a lot, so... What yeah, is cool. 10,000 Dragon worth now? Because I that's remember a great question. Ver- early on, it didn't have as much value as people thought it would. You're but now, yeah, I'm looking it up now. I think the times have changed. I know it was like a th- about 1,000 bucks was the last I'd seen of it. I feel like it's probably, I want to assume, I guess, gone up since the set's out of print. But I remember Let's it wasn't see. like a super. Do they, they spell it out right on the card? 10, I don't remember. I don't know. It might have been a number. It might have been. Here we go. Yeah, they spell it out. So, 10,000 Dragon, Battles of Legend, Armageddon. You're in, like, what, TCG player? Yep. Let's hear it. You can get a lightly played first edition. How much is lightly played? For 1,030. Oh, okay. So, what's, like, near mint? Who lightly played this? Well, okay, so a little quick story time. I remember when a kid, we were at DreamCon last year. Oh, yeah. And a kid pulled a 10,000 Dragon out of... A random pack that he bought from like a vendor, just anime convention thing, and like he didn't have sleeves or anything. That's true. So he's pulled it, and he was that. about to put it in his pocket. Yo, like unsleeved. So, so it is not unrealistic then that like a lightly played or maybe even worse could exist. So I, I do have a so an anecdote about that. That was the very first time I experienced scumbag mentality. A part of me was ready to say and do whatever to, like, get that kid to trade me that card. Yeah. But I held back. I was like, no, yeah, this is him, his prize. His he deserves it. It's funny, though, because he really didn't know what he pulled. He didn't. He, he was no just clue. like, oh, I just None. used some card. But no, I think we, we gave, ended up. We even gave him a sleeve. Yeah, we, we ended yeah. up helping him out because someone gave him a sleeve and some other things. But Maybe yeah, this is that so, copy. This, well, how much is, like, a near mint one? Yeah, near mint uh, 1100 Okay. So it's really about the same as it's been. Yeah. I didn't a, know if it would go really up. It's like it's about the same. How many, like, I wonder how many are on this website. I know you can kind of tell. I me. bet more than you would think. Because, like, 10,000 Dragon was, it was like one in two cases or something of that set. So They have 17 listings on TCG Player. Mm, okay. So, you know, still fairly exclusive. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I mean, Duelist Nexus has a few neat cards. I'll say this. Um, the illusion type, I saw somebody mention this on Reddit, because, like, Duelist Nexus is supposed to be debuting these illusion monsters. And right. that's kind of a, you know, that's a big deal. It's a new type. I like that illusion monsters are kind of doing something that seems unique to them, which is that whole, like, they can't be destroyed by battle and they can't mm-hmm. destroy monsters by battle. I think that's pretty cool. Um, Very kind of, like, Gemini spirit feel. Yeah. Well, that was actually what I was going to say, is I saw somebody on Reddit say that they felt that illusion should have really been a subtype. Because it kind of feels more like fitting for a subtype than an actual type. Like, like when someone, Worm? Well, like Gemini, Union, Spirit. Oh, wait, I mean? it's not a subtype? It's not a subtype. It's a, it, right? It's a type. Like a monster. It's is a just, type type. Yeah, it's a type type. It is a new type. It is not. Uh. Yeah, so you can't be like, you know, dragon slash illusion. It's just it's an illusion. And so somebody on Reddit said that. And I was like, you know, I think they have a point. Because... That whole, the gimmick feels a lot like how kind of unions had their gimmick. Gemini's mm-hmm. had their gimmick. 
like, you know, spirits have their gimmick, they bounce back to the hand. And so it kind of feels like illusion would just be a, a subtype just like them. Yeah, because like cyber and battle and worms, all that. They don't have gimmicks. Yeah, cybers and worms are just they're just types. Like they kind of and even psychic when that was introduced. But um, so I don't know. I just it's like it, it remains to be seen what they're going to do with illusion past just like these first couple sets. Like, are they going to have more than just the battle gimmick? If so, then maybe it's fine. I don't know. I just it's just an interesting thought. It's a, it's a, it is a little strange. I had not thought about that. Huh. So, um, at any rate, yeah, that's going to be introduced in Duel's Nexus here at the end of the month. Now, here's something else that's kind of cool. What's that? Um, you you know how we were talking about there's that two-player starter deck that they're going to be doing? Yep. Well, we finally got an image for the two-player starter deck, um, what seems to be like this sort of product mock-up that shows a lot of different monsters in the cover. So it gives us a little bit more insight into what sort of cards will be inside of it. The two headlining monsters are Manadium Prime Heart and Divine Arsenal Double-A Zeus. So I know they'd said it was like an Xyz and synchro sort of like teaching people how to do those so those are at least two of the monsters um, i have thoughts yeah what are your thoughts um this is a starter deck for who exactly yeah that's the same reaction a lot of people had what do you mean by that well just because um when i think of starter cards i promise you zeus has not cro- even remotely crossed my mind i love the card to death great card uh that's a strange headlining card for like a starter deck. Like while, cause while to make use of it, you have to know how to exist summon, but it, it itself actually cheats the exist summoning mechanic. And then it's effect is so powerful. Yeah. So, um, well, I'll, let me get back to that in a second. Okay. Because the rest of the cards that you can at least see on the cover are like Magic Cylinder, Phantom King, Hydride, Cyber Dragon, Eldritch the Golden Lord, Visa Star Frost, Quillbolt Hedgehog, Gagaga Magician, Dark Magician Girl, Beast King, Barbaros, and Galaxy Cyclone. So what I noticed about a lot of these cards is that there's some interesting reprints and stuff in here, but maybe more importantly, these cards, and assuming other cards in this set, seem to cover a wide range of like mechanical things. Like, you know, the way that like Eldritch works is kind of unique. The way that even Visa Starfrost works is kind of unique. Gaga Magician changes its level. Galaxy Cyclone pops a card, and then in the grave it does something else. So I say all that because it makes me think that this product seems like it's really going to be a more thorough teaching of, like, every type of, like, effect and interaction. And not every type, but, you know, more relevant ones that come up today. I feel like I must be, I'm stuck on whatever, like what most people are probably stuck on. You probably, you probably already moved past this point with this uh, product. Well, what do you think? Um, are you sure there's just two decks in there? I don't understand how. Yeah, they claim it's a two, like two decks. All of that, all these very disparate cards into just two decks. You're telling me that there's a possibility that you're on, that there's a deck with Magic Cylinder, Dark Magician Girl, and. Double A Zeus? Yeah, that remains to be seen. Not sure where they're going to go with that. I mean, I just, I say that because, like, if it's, so you remember how they said they're going to have, like, the cartoon little, like, comic in there that's going to kind of guide you through the duel. So I think it's less that the decks have theming and more that they are just kind of stacked to be, like, to have a very specific set of interactions. So these specific cards are what they needed to, like, play out each of these lessons they're teaching. But when is Dark Magician Girl ever going to be the answer? 
That's anything. a great question. I don't know what she's doing in there. <laughs> she, she's actually the one card that has me completely lost. Because everything it's else, like, like, has... There's, like, you know, like, Beast King Barbaros, right? Like, you have the option to tribute yeah, someone in. Or, or, he, you, know. you know, he's solid-ish. Even Cyber Dragon is solid-ish. Well, like, I'm not even looking at, like, how good they are so much as, like, do they teach a mechanic? Well, that's what I mean. And I don't understand what, what I her, mean. She like, doesn't. As far as starter, modern-day Yu-Gi-Oh!, I would. I feel that Barbaros and Cyber Dragon are are better starter modern day Yu Gi Oh yeah, than, than she is. Dark Magician. I don't know. I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't get what she's doing in there. I mean, again, remains to be seen. Like th- this is because this is only like ten or so. Is of it the possible that those of, are just pictures of cards and they they actually have them in the product? I'm pretty sure they're in the product. Okay. I mean, I'm pretty sure. It's like, and then this. So this is supposed to be a starter set, right? I have this feeling that. Normal Yu-Gi-Oh players are just gonna if it's not too expensive. I, I we talked about the price before, but I've already forgotten. But won't just normal Yu-Gi-Oh players just buy it for like reprints of like Zeus and I don't know what Prime Heart goes for, but if get the yeah, Prime reprints. Hearts too. I saw some people saying that on Twitter that they're actually afraid that maybe this will be one of those products that gets like bought up because uh, you know like every like the the competitive types come in Walmart and Target and just like swipe them all up. I think that is a, that's a concern. It's just that because this is one of those sets where like there's not like a pull rate or anything, at least seemingly mm-hmm. there's not, it's all fixed cards. I think if you're a competitive type, you might get like your copy to get your Zeus or maybe even a play set or something. But then it's going to like, you, you don't have a reason to buy it after the fact. So I think what will end up happening to it is something that happens to, that happened to like the dual devastator thing where like Konami didn't do another dual devastator because since it was a fixed rate product, after people got their dual devastators, there's never a reason to buy another. And then they started being like a surplus on the shelves. So my guess is that they're hoping that even though the competitive types will kind of grab this and get their Zeus or whatever, if you need one, they'll leave it alone after that. Because, well, okay, like I've got my cards I need yeah. out of it. So now it can exist for the kids. In that list, there are so many kind of just strong cards. I mean, Primeheart, Eldritch, Zeus... I feel like there's probably other strong like, cards. good cards in there too. Yeah, I mean that's exciting. There's droplets. That'd be good, actually. I think they should include it. I mean, triple tactics, triple tactics, triple tactics. I do think that this is a better starter deck than because like, the big problem that I've always had with these starter decks. Well, hey, we haven't had one in like five years or something. It's been a while. No anime, no starter decks. But like, is that a lot of starter decks misrepresent what Yu-Gi-Oh is today, mm-hmm. where they're not really showing you like. And even still, I don't think these starter decks are going to really do the best job of it. But, like, modern Yu-Gi-Oh! is not what a starter deck purports it to be. You don't really, like, normal summon a vanilla with 1,800 attack and, like, end your turn. Like, it doesn't work that way. And I think that that's almost deceptive to, to get people to think that, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! is like that. And they get this, you know, they go to their local or whatever, and it's completely different. So, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that maybe what their plan is with this is to like really show people, okay, here's chain blocking. Here's like, you know, how hand traps go. Here's like things can come out of the grave and like you can banish spells and traps from the grave and like use their effects. It's not just, you know, a dust tornado and a draining shield and like, you know, tribute to the doomed. Like it's, that's not like hey what man, tribute is, to the so. doom. Was a dead, that was a card at one point. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, the product looks cool. Like, the cover of it looks really, really neat. I'm hoping that it, that maybe pulls some eyes. Maybe so. It's like it's very small packaging. It's not like those double magic sets. So, 
Like those are usually really big. This seems like it's pretty small. Efficient use of space. Any other Yu-Gi-Oh stuff on your end? Um, so there was there's some like news with Rush with Rush duels. Okay. So due to leaks in duel links, they seem to be adding in a Rush duel world and the Rush duel dueling style in duel links. That's actually really cool. The um. I I, I pulled up a, a tweet that now doesn't want to load anymore. But anyway, it just kind of de- it detailed the the uh, leaks they found in Duel Links code that that led them to believe that the next major installment in Duel Links will be Rush Duels. They actually have a um, a rule switch code in the game that will switch from Speed Duel rules to Rush Duel rules. Okay, and the Titular important cards are in the code. That's um, seven rogue, seven's road, magician, seven's road magician, um, seven road Yami magician. ruler thing whose name I forget. Dragaeus, I think Dragears is in there as well. It yeah. So it seems highly likely that they are that rush duels will be playable in Duel Links soonish. I mean, no one knows when. It, well, typically, you know. I know the new Duel Links worlds come like around like September or so. Hopefully uh, in September we'll be doing some rush doing. I know I will. What do you think about it? Like you think that's a good addition? Yes, we. Well, I guess we don't need rush duels. I was gonna make a huge sweeping statement. I want rush duels. the uh, The rush duel video game was cute, but it wasn't enough for me. Um, Duel Links has the kind of pa- um, the polish that I wanted on the, the rush yeah, duel game. Yeah, I was gonna ask what is it that you kind of want out of it. So I think, yeah. and then like speed duels aren't that far away from rush duels where it will be some huge UI change that'd be necessary. I mean, it's simply just a rule switch. Cause I remember reading in this like thread of, of tweets about um, rush duels is that rush duels have actually been programmed into all of our major Yu-Gi-Oh video games. Master duel already has rush duels in the code. Oh, that's the thing I didn't know. It's in there. Just, they just don't use it. And for a while, it's like, well, will they? Won't they? Well, at least with Duel Links, they will. So that leads me to think that maybe one day, maybe not this year, maybe next year, maybe the year after, we'll get Rush Duels and Master Duel too. That would be interesting. I always thought it would be kind of neat if Master Duel uh, or one of these games took the Cross Duel code. <laughs> Because, like, Cross Duel's closing. Uh, but, like, Cross Duel is a completely different thing. <laughs> I mean, it's completely different, but, like, I mean, I think like, throw it into Duel Links as just, like, a mode. So that it can live on, because I always feel bad. We talked about this. When some of these games just end, there were people who really liked Cross Duel and will just never be able to play it again. And so I say throw it in as some, like, mode hidden in a few menus or whatever in Duel Links. And then people can just play it. And, like, maybe it has, like, Three people online at any given time, I mean, but you know, I, just, it, I don't think you, I, know I don't think not. that's a possible thing. <laughs> it's a possible thing because, like, it's a completely different game. They have to, they have all that stuff would be freshly integrated into the Duel Link system. That game file would get fatter and fatter. And look, I just want rush duels. I don't care about cross duels. I don't. I don't. I don't. All right. Well, here's something interesting. Um, on uh, the merchandising front, you, you guys know I like to keep up with my Yu-Gi-Oh merch. In fact, we've got a few pop figures making guest appearances today. Uh, Who's this? Summon Skull. And Summon Skull got red, red eyes. eyes. Uh, Exodia's down there, too. So, um, as the immensely popular Yu-Gi-Oh trading card game... This is from Yu-Gi-Oh organization, by the way. As the immensely popular Yu-Gi-Oh trading Yugo, card game... Yu-Gi-Oh, as in the guy? 
commemorates its 25th anniversary celebration. About you guys. Konami Cross Media New York Incorporated has signed four new agreements. So um, these four new agreements will bring an array of exclusive licensed products to market in honor of the milestone, ranging from apparel, back-to-school accessories, streetwear, and metallic posters. So basically they made deals with um, Ripple Junction, which is a... Um, Kind of just apparel company, it seems. I've never heard of them. Uh, news to me. But they will release Yu-Gi-Oh! t-shirts, fleece. That's kind of cool. Um, fashion tops, bottoms, sleep and loungewear. Get your Yu-Gi-Oh! pajamas or something. That'll be popular. And as well as a number of accessories, including headwear, socks, throw blankets, bags, boxer shorts, and cell phone accessories for oh, the United it's States very, They just throw logos on stuff, I bet. Well, I'm hoping that there will be some... Maybe unique All designs. Right. Ripple Junction. Are you hey. looking up? What are yep. You, what? So this is some website, and uh, they have a Naruto section, a One Piece section, an Attack on Titan section, a Bleach section. Oh, a so they do a section, lot of anime. A Mob Psycho section. Collabs. Yep, and you can just get your shirts, hoodies, long sleeves, pretty much everything you listed there. I mean, you, you can get it. Cool, and then they also have Display, um, which uh, oh, I, like I think display. most people kind of know about. Mine fell off my wall. <laughs> display they make those like cool uh, metallic kind of poster things some of them it ripped the paint wait did it i thought it just fell okay no it didn't rip the paint but it did fall off and it could have fallen on my head it didn't but it could have yeah it's these metallic posters so i guess they're gonna have some official Yu-Gi-Oh ones i already own some unofficial Yu-Gi-Oh ones i guess because i mean they're Ooh. the designs on their website i don't know yo um, they have schoolhouse rock merch wait where on this site, they have Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, wow. They have the bill. Oh, man. That's crap. I'm going um, over there. There's also YouTubes, which I actually did a sort of promo plug for them in one of the videos. There's like a ghost rare, dark condition YouTube is running around his office somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's been on this podcast one day. I hear now. Not right now, but uh, yeah, so uh, U2s, you know, they do the little like high quality figures. Um, when do you get a YouTube? Don't, don't all the get big to a million subscribers. Get you guys got to help us. It's your fault we don't have one. No, <laughs> it's um, your fault. No, no. And then there's Kidaboard, which is a French uh, supplier of back to school products like backpacks, trolley bags, satchels, pencil cases, and diary books for fans living in France and French speaking territories. Can you spell that? Yeah, it's K I D apostrophe A B O R D. Oh, you threw me with the apostrophe. Well, at any rate, yeah. So I think Yu-Gi-Oh! School Supplies sounds fun, right? Like, as an as an adult who's done with school forever, no, it doesn't. But I do think it's cool to see the idea that like kids might, uh, you know, kids like might actually be exposed to Yu-Gi-Oh! Again, a lot like how it was maybe when we were kids. So we were exposed to Yu-Gi-Oh! through the cartoon on in commercials. Yeah, it is a little weird, I guess, expecting kids to maybe buy this if they don't actually know what the show is, especially because you Unless, know like, they're going to do DM. Maybe the stuff. stuff comes with like a like a tag that says "Watch on Crunchyroll" or something. Because I don't, I don't really know how. Like you know, a kid sees a picture of an, they oh they see an Exodia backpack. They think Exodia looks so cool. They're going to buy that backpack, and then they won't know what it is. A kid might be, hey, that's cool. What's that on your backpack? I don't know. It, Looks cool though. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, I mainly worry because I know they're just gonna do dual monsters era stuff, which means like, I mean, I guess kids might know about that. 
Oh. But I, yeah, it's like. A, they could do GX and kids won't know what that is. Yeah, so I don't know. But it's still, just as a general thing, I'm not going to try to bring it down too much. I think it is cool that these things exist because uh, they didn't before. So it's one more piece of Yu-Gi-Oh merch that we did not have and will now have. I would really like to see more of like that Zeus, you know, that they're making the Zeus figure and like the enemy controller. Oh, stuff. the model kit. Yeah, I'd like to see those kind of things also get imported. That's for us. That's effects. for that's for the big people. So, yeah, but that's some cool Yu-Gi-Oh merch that's uh, that's happening. I think is there any other Yu-Gi-Oh stuff going on? Is there anything new in Master Duel? Master Duel's getting some new cards today. I guess when you guys see them, this will be see this video. They'll be out. It's already outdated um, information. Labyrinth generators, trap tricks, and Dark World. I think are all getting their cards in this new so update. No ninjas. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I guess that'll be later, maybe next month or something. But um, yeah, so some new cards for those interested in such archetypes. I will certainly be playing a little bit more Labyrinth myself. And uh, I also want to update my generator deck and give that a crack on Master Duel. See how it goes. I know generator's not really the strongest thing, so maybe that'll have to be limited to casual mode or something, but... As, as someone just shows up with tear anyway. Oh, here's something that I just remembered. So there's been a lot of new fire support. Have you seen? I have seen a little. I have seen a little. Yeah. Um, what have you seen? Some, what, Fire King support for like a new uh, structure deck? Yeah, new Fire King structure deck, but also in that legendary duelist fire set. Uh, there's like volcanic support. I know like that's like kind of always a meme. Mm-hmm. And um, like Pyro is finally getting a Rota. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing the Pyro Rota. That's a huge deal. Um, I think they're also getting a King of the Feral Imps-esque monster. Like a rank four? Gigant, Like, just kind of that rank four that just detach, search one. It also has some other effects. Do fire decks usually run? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess they can now. And then... Uh, they have the option. And there's also, like, that new kind of Monster Reborn-esque spell. It's actually based on an anime card, and I don't remember what it's called now. But it's like a normal spell, and you just... Like you discard like a card, and you can get a fire monster back. I think you can either oh, I saw that card. I have hand. no idea what the name is. Yeah, you can special summon or add it to the hand, and it's got like a graveyard effect that can kind of like be like a jar of avarice type of thing for fire or pyro. It basically feels like Konami is just sort of saying like, "Here's our apologies for the like <laughs> 20 years that fire and like pyro and stuff were just completely neglected. We just ignored so. you guys, you know." It is what it, now, but with Pyro getting so much support, now what's the most underserved typing? Hmm. Is it Sea Serpent? Probably Sea Serpent. I mean, Thunder got Thunder, Thunder Dragons a few years ago, but they they're kind of they haven't got anything super recent. So. And Thunder Dragons aren't even they're not really generic. Oh, they're kind of generic. Though. They're fairly so, generic. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it'd be Thunder or Sea Serpent for sure. Rock got that big line of support, oh. so they're fine. Block Dragon makes me wish rocks didn't exist. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Master Duel player, you know the terrors of Block Dragon. But, uh, yeah, so I guess uh, this this all seems very cool. It's kind of that Year of Fire. Um, I don't, unfortunately, really play too many Fire decks, so none of this specifically speaks to me. I'm building in for Nobles. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm still happy for them just to have cards. I think that anytime Yu-Gi-Oh! is not making more dragons... 
You know, I'm getting sick of you being happy for people getting things that you don't that you don't need or care about. We're supposed to be angry that everything that comes for someone else that isn't for us, like zero sum game. Like, why is there new fire support when I don't have new cosmos? See, that's the energy you need to be on. That is a good question, though. Why aren't there new cosmos? Come on, like we get, we got a new world premiere exclusive, but no cosmos. Come on, man. Like, yeah. So uh, I think that's all the Yu Gi Oh I know. I got, that's it for me. I'm tapped out. Okay, cool. So what else do we have then? So I know we've already talked about the uh, Magic the Gathering one ring thing. It got found. We've heard nothing more since that happened, so don't ask. Uh, we don't even know if the guy sold it yet. Mm-hmm. It just it's in That's in limbo as far as we know. The um, Shadowverse. Shadowverse did release. And... Um, they have actually a funny little, um, like, a companion app. I think it's called, like, Shadowverse Sidekick, where you can actually scan your commander card into the app or whatever your leader commander thing is. You scan it into the app. It loads that character, and that app lets you control your your life, your life totals, and lets you manipulate, like, your resources. I don't know what the resource is called, but whatever resource you pay, it it yeah, you were showing this to me the other day. What do you you like it? I think it's cool. I like the idea of um, card games taking some of that kind of archaic pen and paper aspect to card games, just, digi- digi- just digitizing it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really cool too that you can like scan it just in the back. Like, you don't even, like it's not even like a QR code thing. Like you just tap it to the back of your phone and it immediately yeah, like a chip in the card, like an NFC thing. So I always thought that more card games should try that. Now I know that. I guess logistically there's some issues because really uh, like official sort of sanctioned events would prefer players probably not have their phones like out during a game. But I think that for casual play, that's a really, really cool feature. Yeah, because uh, it makes me think to um, that game Battle Spirits with their little core things, little tiny little stone things. Hate them. Hate them to death. I hate manipul- moving them around all the, all over the place and they can roll off the table. There's one core that's different from all the other cores. If you lose that one core, now you have to figure something out about that. Yeah. I'd, w- I'd rather all that be digital so I can just, just, pl- just play and enjoy it myself. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I mean, I always thought it'd be cool if Yu-Gi-Oh! could do that. I remember um, that's what the one, the French guy, Super Zalo, mm-hmm. he was using, like, NFC to do the whole hologram thing. I know Konami, I think, like, shut that down or something. But um, the concept has always just been really neat. Like, it feels like something Kaiba would do, you know? Like, just you'd have, you scan your card in and, like, something happens. and So even just being able to scan it and see kind of a 3D avatar, I think, is is cool, so... Uh, here's something from the Pokemon TCG. So, Pokemon TCG collectors blown away as Obsidian Flames Charizard card revealed. Now, Obsidian Flames is the next TCG set, and normally I wouldn't really care too much about this, but um, since I'm going to be trying to buy some of that Pokemon 151 thing, I wanted to increase my knowledge of the Pokemon TCG. Is this Obsidian Flames before or after? It's before. It's before 151. It comes out next month. Yeah, it's just called Pokemon Scarlet and Violet Obsidian Flames. And so there's a dark Terra-type Charizard, and that's kind of where the name Obsidian Flames comes from. Like Black Fire. Um, And so it's got this artwork. You can see it right there. Oh, that's dope. You guys can look it up, I guess, if you want to see. It's a really cool, like, kind of terrestrializing Charizard. And um, 
Yeah, people just say the design's really gorgeous. I think that terrestrialization, if anything, has like made the cards look better, or at least cooler. It might not be a look for everyone. Are there more cards like that? I think there's a few within the set. There's a um, different versions of Caesar, Mawile, Glamora EX, and a few other things, they say. It'll feature over 190 cards, um, including type-shifted Terra Pokemon and more than 15 trainer cards and 20 brand-new Pokemon EX. Oh, so it's also a mechanic in the game. Like, the game, yeah, I think the types are shifted. A, yeah, like, this Charizard is, like, a dark type or whatever, oh. so... Um, I don't know too much about playing the Pokemon TCG, but the cards sure do look cool. It sounds like most people on YouTube know that nothing about playing the game. Yeah, I know a lot of people really prefer to just open it, it seems. That reminds me, I was opening some Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon cards recently. Realized Pokemon cards are really marked up. What do you mean? Like, uh, when I went to GameStop to buy a an elite trainer box, which is, I think, kind of the standard value thing to buy. I might have told this story already. It was 60 bucks, and apparently they're supposed to MSRP for, like, 40 bucks. And then when I was looking on, like, Target.com and all these other places, it seems like that's just kind of the average price of them now is, like, like, for, like 40 is not, like, you'll be lucky to find things for the price they're at, so. That's interesting that the signaling has reached a macro point where, Major retailers are adjusting the prices of Pokemon cards because they know they'll sell at these higher price points. Yeah, I mean, I know they can get away with it because I guess it's the idea of finding one of those um, one of those packs is it's rare enough. I mean, it's not even that they're out of stock or anything; they were just high. Like they had plenty of the. This is called Day of. I think it's a, way, it's, to, it's not really be, about supply; it's about demand. They just know the demand is there, and they're willing to pay a higher price. Yeah, so it's kind of disappointing. I mean, I think, like, it kind of brings me actually to a, not a story, but just a thought that, like, trading card games really are pretty pricey now. Like, because Yu-Gi-Oh! packs are four forty nine a pack now. And that's just, I don't know, that's a lot. Sorry, I, I didn't really, as a kid, I didn't spend my own money to buy packs. So, like. Oh, no, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. But, like, as, I remember as a kid, Yu-Gi-Oh! packs were three ninety nine, And then for, like, a little bit back in, like, 2020 or something, they they went up to like four nineteen and now they seem like four forty nine is the new price, and so uh, I don't know. I mean, like it's just it's one of those things that really makes you realize inflation kind of sucks, and um, suddenly buying just buying packs is like a little bit more. Like you feel the effect, I guess, a little bit more. Like I, I think that there's so. a big difference between something being three forty or three ninety nine on a shelf versus like four forty nine when it comes to packs. Because now it's almost like, okay, buying two packs means that's like $9. And it, you know, not long ago, buying three packs would have been like $10 if you got like a special edition. So it's it's like a, it's a small thing, but it, it adds up. I don't know. I don't really like it. It just kind of sucks. I think some, there's, there's YugiTubers out there would tell you just to go buy singles. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, you you always could just buy the singles, but I think that it always sucks when, like, card games are, uh, like, just feel, like, a little bit less accessible to people. That that will knock, that because, that will knock uh, certain card games out of the range for certain players. That's just, it is, it is what it is. That's, that's how it works. Um, 
Now, most card games, like, at least, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! is not like Pokemon. They're not knocking up our prices quite that high. I mean, I don't know if Pokemon... I think that the Pokemon packs... Oh, that does remind me when I was at that GameStop. I think the packs are four ninety nine. I don't know if that's actually the MSRP of the Pokemon oh, packs right the now. Pokemon but, MSRP is, but um, it was four ninety nine. So you know, that was even I'm more. not gonna stay ignorant. I'm gonna look it up. So I mean, like I don't know, just all these. Like I think the moment a card pack is five dollars, just like man, that's really. I, I five dollars. See if yeah, if I saw a pack that said four ninety nine, that, that would hurts. that would do something to me. I'm not a hundred percent sure that would that would change things. Let's see, can I find the MSRP for a Pokemon? Why can't I just find the MSRP for a Pokemon pack? Yeah, I mean, I think like it's uh, it, it doesn't like I guess if you're like if you buy your packs as boxes, it probably doesn't make a big difference. But um, because I, I feel like the pa- the price of boxes doesn't seem to have really gone up as noticeably, but like individual packs has. Though some shops they'll charge they'll change the price of the box to just yeah some they'll just yeah so <laughs> I don't know it's just a little bit it's it's a thing I know it's not like really a, a piece of news this could a, be wrong but it looks like it's four forty nine okay so Pokemon packs are also four forty nine so Yu Gi Oh packs have just uh, achieved parity with Pokemon packs okay well I did not know all right anyways that's enough of that Pokemon stuff you got any other stories uh. Yeah, now this one isn't uh, card game related. Um, oh, that's cool. So, very recently, <clears throat> you might be familiar with Activision being bought by Microsoft. Yeah, they're currently kind of in the process of that merger. Well, um, the FTC, they had challenged, they challenged it, mm-hmm. and a federal judge said, no, 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 this looks legit to us. Mm-hmm. So, um. Pending appeal, because the FTC can always escalate their challenge of this situation to a higher court. At least in America, this deal is good to go through. Yeah. They're still stalled, however, by the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA. Mm-hmm. They 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 blocked it earlier this year, and um, until, until there's resolution on their end... This deal is still blocked, just because our, the American side, yeah, or the work. It doesn't mean that the UK are going to feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think about it? So, I don't really know. Like, I don't. As someone who doesn't follow gaming much myself, and especially I'm not really very much of an Xbox gamer. I guess this is like good news if you're an Xbox sort of person. I think it's. It's okay-ish news because um, if you're a a Call of Duty enjoyer and a Microsoft fanboy, then you can trust that future Call of Duty games will run even better on Microsoft hardware and maybe have some extra features that line up with what an Xbox can do. Mm -hmm. If you're a... If you're like a Sony, a Sony fanboy, right? There's actually what and what they've been trying to tell us is nothing will change for yeah. you because they're not they're not going to just stop having Call of Duty on PlayStation consoles. Though that is one of the things that was brought up during the uh, trial or the, during the um, yeah dur- during their uh, I don't know if it's arbitration. I don't know if it's considered a trial. Whatever it is, 
they they insinuated that Microsoft might block Sony from having access to the Call of Duty franchise, which I think ever at this point everyone agrees Call of Duty is too big of a franchise. Activision is too big of a company to just be so like solely walled off and owned by one company. Yeah. You can own it, but you can't you can't stop everyone else from from using it too. Yeah, I mean, uh I know Activision Blizzard that's a lot of games cuz I mean that's like what like World of Warcraft, Diablo, right? Yeah. Overwatch, I a lot know, of those man. things. Just all those different games. So it does kind of make you wonder, well, if all those games are all under the Microsoft umbrella, does that give them too much of an advantage? I don't care, actually. <laughs> because I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, I hate like not being able to have an opinion on these things. It's just that I don't really play these games. I, someone please tell me, is this a problem? Is this good or bad? Because like, as far as I know, I mean, like if they're going to keep the games multi-platform, maybe it's okay and it doesn't really make much difference. I know there's a there is worry that these that some of these games won't be multi-platform anymore. And I think for some people and for some groups, they won't find that this deal is healthy unless they know for a fact that these games will still be available on many different platforms. Makes me wonder if Sony's just going to like buy some company to like Kind of just, you know, even the odds or something. Like, I've always thought, like, Sony would just buy Square Enix or something. I'm surprised it hasn't like, happened either. Because, you know, the companies have such a kind of a tied history. People associate Final Fantasy with, like, PlayStation. So, I mean, maybe they just do that. But then that gets a little scary because it's like if all these companies are being bought out by, like, you know, just these the major game console owners, it's like, maybe that wouldn't be very good. I, I think in a weird way, this is kind of funny. I think Sony is that is worried that Microsoft would would do what they would do in in that situation, because Sony is known for their exclusives. They love locking games down as PlayStation exclusives yes, for like a want, year or so. They would prefer or forever or forever. I mean, they would prefer that they get to be the one who has that advantage. I think. Yeah, it's like oh no, if Microsoft does it now, it's a problem when we've been doing that. For yeah, they've done that ever. with. Like, I mean, you know, God of War, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, Last of Us. There's Uncharted. so many examples what's of the, Sony PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, the Horizon Spider series. Man. Spider-Man recently got released on um, PC. Like, yeah, they, so they'll keep it for like a year or two, and then. So would that? So it, of course. So if Microsoft did a whole walled garden approach with their Activision titles. That would give them a very strong advantage, but I don't think that's the case. I yet. mean, it sounds like Microsoft sure needs it. Like, they've been saying that they kind of, they, these last few generations haven't been, like, good to them. I mean, the PS4 outsold the Xbox One. The PS5's outselling the Xbox Series X. It sounds like they need the help. So <laughs> this is their way of maybe, like, I remember reading headlines. I have not followed this case at all, but, um, like, personally. But just when I see the headlines... It's usually them saying, like, we lost the console wars. Like, we need this this help. So, um, Ooh. yeah, I mean, they, they make themselves certainly sound like things. Sound things defeated. Are, yeah, they sound very, <laughs> defeated. It sounds very defeated. I mean, I I don't, my, I have friends who, like, play a lot on Xbox and stuff. It sounds like the Xbox is fine. Like, I mean, people say they like Game Pass and stuff, right? Like, I mean, is it Game a Game Pass was new and novel years ago. Not everyone's copying it. Yeah, but they say Sony's Game Pass is not as good as Game Pass. It's not. 
Now you guys, and I, and I only on, play Sony consoles. Somebody who's like maybe more informed, please let me know. Like, I mean, is what's the deal, right? Like, is it is is this is Xbox just really shit, and they just need so much help, or is it fine? Because I I'd like to know. Like, I don't, I I just I haven't owned an Xbox console in a while, so never had. I don't one. know what goes on over there. I did think about getting one when uh, the PS Five was having those that horrendous. Supply issue where you just couldn't get one no matter how badly you wanted one. Yeah. I debated getting an Xbox. I didn't do it. You know what's interesting? This This is not related at all to the story, but the Xbox Series S is so tiny. It is? I finally saw one in real life. Um, Somebody had one and like I saw it and it's just really small. The Series X is actually smaller than I thought it was. Like they're just really small consoles. I know that has nothing to do with the story at all, but like it just they do. They're they're tiny. But you like like com- compact tech. Yeah, I mean I do. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just I'm still not buying an Xbox. But PlayStation Five is huge. Especially, yeah, the PS5 I got the one disc too, so it's a little wider. So it's kind of just interesting. It's basically a computer. That's what it looks like. Yeah, I wonder if they're gonna do like a PS5 Slim or something soon. I wouldn't be surprised. I think they need to. Like, I think I like the design kind of look of the PS5. It's just really big. Like, if they can kind of trim that thing down. Whenever I travel with mine, I have to give it its own bag. It's ginormous. Yeah, see, that's, yeah. And then one time at the airport, I I was taking my PlayStation out. So you had to separate your tech from the rest of your bags. And the guy next to me took his PlayStation out because we were doing the same thing. And we, we have the default. But within, we had the default disc version, PlayStation 5s. They look exactly the same. We had them in identical bins. And yeah, see. when they came out from the uh, the TSA um, x-ray machine, we weren't 100% sure the ones that we had picked up were ours. We did because we didn't know if maybe they'd pick them up, switch them around, or anything. Yeah, I know. and we couldn't just turn them on in line, so we just had to trust that the ones we thought was ours were not was ours. You're gonna make a mark on it. <laughs> you know, like the one kid did when I was in school with his Yu-Gi-Oh cards. He would put a little dot on them with his pin. He would just destroy the card's value and condition. He would take a little pin and like, draw a little circle. He's like, these are mine. Because I think people have been... St- this is like when I was in like maybe seventh grade or something and some guy was like, people have been stealing my Yu-Gi-Oh cards so like this is how I'm going to identify them is by ruining them. I definitely want to steal them now. Mark, so. <laughs> like, did he like dig into them a bit where you get that little dig? Yeah, little dig, yeah. Ooh. yeah. He dug in them with that pin. Oh, it just Ooh. gives me anxiety. That's um, awful. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it was terrible. I, I We all told him like, you don't need to do that. But he did, so... Can you imagine trading with him? I think people stopped. <laughs> I mean, I guess a few people did if you really need the card, but like, yeah. Trade just... him for his damaged cards. Anyways, good luck to Microsoft, I'll say. Yes. I hope we that, you, you know, they can get what they want out of this deal and that gamers don't suffer too much for it. I'm sure right. they'll suffer a little bit. I know. I think I heard Nintendo wasn't too ha- wasn't happy with this deal either. But since they also love having exclusives, I just feel like they don't I have like a Nintendo like stand on. Shit. So, like, do people really buy? Like, I just didn't think that people that bought like Nintendo stuff really even cared about Xbox things. You think? Probably I mean, they do. Re- there are Call of Duty games on Nintendo for some reason. Yeah, I don't know who's making the mistake of playing those, but and maybe they're good. Sorry, let me not be too okay. Well, anyways, good luck to Microsoft and Activision and just figure it out, I suppose. Good luck. Yeah. Hopefully it's okay. Um, my, my tablet has 
died. Oh, your tablet died? Yeah. Did you have another story? I, I might have, but I don't even remember anymore. All right, well, that sounds like it's a good time for the pot. It's time for the pot. Yeah, it's time to use the pot of greed. All right, we got questions. We And we might have answers. I mean, we'll have some sort of answers. Will they be the answers that you want? Probably not. Hard to say. Okay, I got two. All right, I'm going to draw my two. We always appreciate that you guys send these questions because you never quite know what you'll get inside the pot of greed. There were a couple of curveballs in there. We might see them this week. We might see them next week. All right. Uh, who's going to draw their card first? All right. My first card. Yeah. Is should the TCG adopt a dueling style ban list? Oh, dual link style ban list as so in that like whole like limit one, limit, limit one, two. limit two, limit three. No, yes, Mastodon uses that too, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Mastodon oh, still okay. just like, nope, nope, no, don't, don't do that. Here's why. Uh, the idea, cool. Uh, implementation, no. That's so. It's that is such a confusing way to like illustrate ban lists to people. It only okay. So here's where I'm coming from with that. So that works in Duel Links because it's like a digital game. It can always like just be like your deck yeah, has too much tells of this. You, it will you tell you it won't it. let yeah. you put another card in. And Speed Duel has it right now. They've implemented that sort of list. And it works because the card pool is very small and not that many people even play Speed Duels. So if you play, you must care. Shade. And, you know, no, hey, I'm a Speed Duel player. I like it. Um, but there's only a few like cards in, in like Limit 1 and Limit 2 and all that stuff and Limit 3. But... The TCG's current ban list is over 200 cards, if you can believe that, <laughs> or something like that. It, it's like a lot. There's like 100, 200 cards. Like, there's it, there's so many cards. But, like, I, I just, I don't think that, how are you going to, like, communicate that to people? Because, like, the, the, the limit never one know. list will be, like, just 40 cards in limit one. And then, like, 40 cards in limit two and like 40 cards in limit three. And just deck building would get so difficult. Now, do I think it's a good idea? Like as just strictly objective balancing goes, I think that you could do a, you could accomplish a lot with that. I, I, there's some really great cards that come to mind for me right now that would be like, okay, good. If you run this and you can't run this or whatever. So you like that type of ban list, but you think, think it would be a impossible. nightmare to implement. Yeah. Okay. You, what do you think? I mean, I'm with you on that. I, I, I pretty much have the same feelings of the matter. Um, I I remember just our, when we went to um, Germany trying to figure out what the world's ban list was. And it's a normal ban list, and we were all confused and trying to figure out what cards are legal in the world's format. Yeah. And that's, I was like, does a traditional normal ban list. So I can't even imagine if, like, if we were trying to f- figure out a Duel Links-esque ban list without a chart or something in front of us to tell us. Yeah. Like, I feel like you'd have to really have it like standing in front of you. Whereas like, it's easier now to just kind of know like, Oh, that's a one. Now, as far as what cards I think could be what like cards and strategies could be balanced really well this way. I think this would be a great way to kind of handle Yu-Gi-Oh's problem with say generic extra deck monsters. Right. Mm-hmm. People oftentimes complain that things like Opelosa or Barone or Abyss Dweller or Axis Code or all these other things, Borrowed Savage or whatever are so generic and any deck can use them. So, you know, maybe you put all those cards on limit one. So now if you're running, you know, 
Barone, then you don't get to also run like Borload Savage and Axis Code and Opelosa. Those poor combo decks. So like that could kind of check a lot of these just really generic piley combo decks that some people don't like. Um, I'm not saying that like those are the worst thing in the world, but just that like I think that that could be a good balancing ne- mechanism for that without ever having to outright ban any one card. That's a great way to check combo decks and just to like throw some. Uh Throw you know throw some sand on it. control decks fire. I really love the idea of putting like con- good controlling engine cards for control decks, putting them at limit two, mm-hmm. where it's like oh you can only run at two of like of these cards, but only like two distinct copies. So it severely hampers your um your consistency and speed. I mean, I say throw some floodgates on that bitch. Right, like get just throw in like there can be only one and skill drain and like all those other floodgates. I, oh, I, was gonna, I was gonna put floodgates on limit one. I think like put that on limit one or limit because here's the thing: you could even put that stuff on limit three, and it would still be surprisingly effective. Because a lot of like I think of say master duel, right, where people will play like these runic decks that are just hatred. Right, it's just there can be only one rivalry of warlords goes in match, and that's like all, and then and skill drain is flip all of them on you. And it's like if that, if if all those floodgates, if all four of those cards. Like, goes in rivalry, there can be only one in skill drain, let's say. Or summon limit. If those are all in, like, limit three, then you... To be... I don't know if anyone knows exactly what we're saying, but if a card's at limit three, it means, like, you have a total of three of all of them. Mm -hmm. So I could run, like, one there can be only one, and two goes in match, and that's it. That's all the floodgates I get in my deck. I think that could be a great way to deal with the floodgate problem. You could still keep floodgates legal, but now you have to really, like, think about what is the kind of one or two floodgates that my deck can use that I want to use and like you don't get to have like a total of 12 different floodgate traps they don't get to be consistent flip them all and they're just showing up all the time so I think you can balance combo really well that way and you can balance a lot of other stuff I also think that you could start to do some really neat things with like you know I think of here's a good example you remember when people were running like fusion destiny and uh what is that link monster Vert Ooh, Anaconda. oh yeah yeah like maybe you could kind of do something where, like, that's at limit one or limit two. Like, so just you can choose to run, like, one or the other. Or something like that. Like, you know, some sort of right. combination of that. Where then we could have Vert and Fusion Destiny legal in the TCG, but you can't run them together. Yeah, like, those sorts of things, I think, it's a shame. What this person is saying is a very good, it's a very good rule. It's just logistically, I really do fear having to follow that list. For judges, it's a nightmare because, like, People are submitting these deck lists. Now judges have to know the list like you have to be like, back get the cross reference all the cards. Everything and every list. They'd have to change the way you submit deck lists. You now to have to or that or instead of just having the monster spell trap categories, you oh, have monster spell traps, but then you have to separate them by what one, their limit is. Oh, see, that's uh, it's uh, and we don't need any more barriers to entry for like a person to go into a tournament. Oh, don't play. worry, it's the judges have to deal with that. Well, the players do too. Oh, that's the riot. They're gonna like they gotta make a list. So if your list is wrong, you get disqualified. So I don't know. I like the idea. I think the implementation would be hell on earth to enforce. So fair. Unfortunately, I I'm not a fan. Are you? Do you think there's any? You agree or? I agree. I agree. No. I mean, you get mechanics you'd like to see in other TCGs. Yu-Gi-Oh! mechanics I'd like to see in other TCGs. So, um, now this isn't this is, doesn't really count because Yu-Gi-Oh! doesn't even do this anymore. Not to the same extent. I really like old school Yu-Gi-Oh!'s idea of your monsters being the resource. 
So many games are coming up with these innovative and creative resource systems. But at the end of the day, a card game player wants to just slap down their monsters. They want to slap down their creatures. They want to slap down their sorcerers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea that by playing monsters, they can feed my future plays because I can tribute those monsters to make even bigger monsters. So I love the idea of your monsters being the resource. Now, Yu-Gi-Oh! went completely off the rails, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. I, um... I don't know. I mean, I don't play a lot of other TCGs, as you guys kind of know. So it's hard to really say, like, what Yu-Gi-Oh! mechanic I'd want in another TCG. So I'll just say a surface-level thing might be, um... I think it's cool that Yu-Gi-Oh! has... How to describe it? Like, the extra deck is kind of a cool concept. Uh, I know not every game... Every, some games have, like, a similar-ish thing to it. But I think that's more of in response to Yu-Gi-Oh!'s extra deck than, but yeah, than being innovative. Yeah, I think, like, having a, an extra deck seems like something that other card games could use. It certainly has the ability to get broken. We all know, like, cards that can kind of, like, come out of nowhere, which is what the extra deck is. Yeah. It's part of what broke Yu-Gi-Oh!'s power creep sort of balance to begin with. But I do think it's still really cool. I do like that the extra deck gets to be like this toolbox of options for you at almost any given mm-hmm. time. And that, you know, you can sort of treat your extra deck as something that's separate from your deck, but it's still accessible. Like a toolbox, like I said. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. Th- that would be kind of neat, but I also don't know how that would really translate to... I mean, many card games have imp- introduced their own extra deck in some shape or form. I mean, Vanguard, uh, years ago, implemented their, um, what's called a stride deck or whatever, where they essentially had extra deck monsters mm-hmm. that you could just plop out to the board when you th- when you met their conditions and you could, you could play them. I forget how the stride deck works in a mechanic. I haven't played that game in a long time. But then they made, their, they made a ride deck uh, a little bit more recently just so that you d- could consistently level up your Vanguard. But that was only the Vanguard's extra form. Yeah, that right? was only the Vanguard's. Okay. And then there's a... What game is that? Um, Grand Archive. I know yeah, Grand Archive. The Material. It's like both of those concepts. The Material deck, it has the other levels for your, your leader, but then it also has like these um, regalia. Was that what they were called? I yeah, forget. the regalia cards. The regalia cards that could augment your like your turn-to-turn strategies. So, yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a fair thing to want to see in card cool. games. I mean, there's the only other thing I was going to say is, like, I think Yu-Gi-Oh!'s life point system is kind of more interesting than some card games, like prize card-esque system, or, mm-hmm. like, security and Digimon, or whatever. They, you know, every game kind of has like a different name for them. But I haven't thought as much about that, so I'll keep my mouth shut. Because, I mean, I don't, I don't, like, I don't even think, like, life points are a great system or anything. Half the time it's exploited in Yu-Gi-Oh!, so... It just numbers, but the only one that matters is your the last, last one. one. Like that's always been Yu-Gi-Oh's thing. Life point costs barely mean much, so I mean, not to say that burn doesn't have a threat level with like the way that time works, but it's just generally within a game you don't have to care that much about life points. So I've always thought that maybe Yu-Gi-Oh should do more to make the life points matter, but that's that that ship's kind of long. Then we exploit in a different way. I mean, look at Dynamorphia decks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you that that ship sailed. I don't I don't think that Or or in the go in the opposite direction, a Mage. And that can never really even truly be that viable. No. Because I mean if you have be. a billion life points, they'll just eventually come down. <laughs> a billion and, life points but no card advantage. Ooh. Yeah, so it's yeah, that's kinda Yu Gi Oh's 
so I won't get into life because I don't think any other game needs these problems. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, it's probably not necessary. Yeah, okay. All right, let's see. Oh, that's the wrong one. Here we go. Well, this isn't even car game related. Oh boy. Uh, what is your favorite video game? Oh, um, what is yours? A favorite video game. My favorite video game. I think that anytime somebody asks this, there should be a stipulation for like, what is your favorite game like of all time versus like right now? Right. That's, it's, that's very. So that's important. how we're gonna answer it. How? With like both. Like, what is your favorite game like right now? And then like, what's your like favorite game of all time? Okay. So and my favorite, favorite game video right game now? right now. Yeah. It. I'm going to toss that to. I'm not gonna include live service games. Because those are just unfair. I mean, you can, I think. I just, they're un- they, 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 they're, yeah, I, I get what I you think mean. they're unfair. I'm going to give it to Final Fantasy 16. I've, just really, I've been really enjoying that game. Uh, as for what the games I've been playing in the last uh, like few months, it was between that and Street Fighter. But um, mm-hmm. the 16, I, I find it to be a lot of fun. What are you liking about 16? Um, the Game of Thrones-esque world that they're working within. Uh, I really like that type of fantasy. And... Uh, the action combat is, it's fun. Tiring, but fun. Tiring? What do you mean? Those fights take forever. Oh, my God. Like, bosses, normal enemies have so much health. Bosses have so much health that you're doing these crazy Devil May Cry-esque combos over and over and over. Oh, it's going to be a little repetitive. Like, repetitive-ish, since you're still trying to, like, dodge things and whatnot. But they just take a long time to get through all that health. Yeah, I mean, I found uh, 16 looks, I think, visually great-looking game. Uh, the combat, I, I know what people mean when they say, like, it's not really Final Fantasy. But I, don't, I wouldn't say that's, like, objectively bad. I think that just means that more so than past Final Fantasies, this is very much a, like, to-taste thing. Like, it's mm-hmm. either your, this is your taste in how your game combat works or it's not. Because, like, otherwise, if it was a Final Fantasy game, you kind of knew what you were getting into. But this time, it's... Like, I can see how that's a little polarizing. Like, But it, to me, it doesn't feel that different from Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah, I think Final Fantasy has been slowly creeping its way towards this. And they've been gradually trying more and more, like, action-based combat to kind of modernize the series. Because, what, they made Strangers of Paradise, which Strangers is Strangers of Paradise Dark is very Souls-esque. similar, kind of, to Dark Souls. I um, mean, even Seven Remake, kind of... It was, like, mixing yeah. a bit of JRPG with, like, action... So, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I see why people don't all like it, but I don't think it's bad in its own right, so. Right. Um, and I've liked the characters in 16 that I've seen. I mean, I haven't, like, really, I've just watched you play sometimes. It's like, the characters are really cool. Uh, Clive, I thought I wasn't going to like him. He's fun. He's not, like, a, a brooding, just mellow. Uh, he can brood mind. a little okay. bit. He's a little brooding, but everyone's allowed to be a little brooding. Yeah, I mean, his backstory's sad. Yeah, yeah he, I think he's earned the right to be a little brooding. <laughs> He's lost a lot. But don't dodge your answer. What is your favorite game? Yeah, so game my current right favorite game, uh, Master Duel. <laughs> That's all I'm kind of like a lot of Master Duel. You guys don't know, I play a lot of it. Okay, I'm going to leave that out, though, because I don't think that's a fair... Because, like, if you're excluding live service games... Then I, feel yeah, like I was going to... Because if I was doing that, I'd have to say Fortnite or something. Yeah, uh, I think, like, game game... Uh... I don't play a lot of them, so the last game that I played that I was really liking was Hogwarts Legacy, which okay. I never, I have not finished the campaign of that, and I really do want to go in and finish it. That game is really fun. Um, I am a huge Potterhead, 
And I mean, I got the pot of greens. I'm a Potter head. No, no, this no. this is not associated with that right. franchise. No, but um, yeah, I'm a really big Potter, like Harry Potter fan. So I was looking forward to Hogwarts Legacy. When I played it, I was just blown away by how much like raw kind of content and stuff there is to do. It's just a lot to do, a lot to collect, mm-hmm. a lot to like go and see and get involved in, and like it still also managed to feel kind of cozy and like Harry Potter, like is the feelings I associate with it. Like so being in Hogwarts. I saw a random thing about that game. Uh-oh. No, no, it's, it's truly random. Someone made, I guess it's like a TikTok um, series about what's the name of the character? The blind one. Oh my God. I haven't played so long. What is his name? Amicus or it? Ominous, 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 ominous gaunt. Someone made a TikTok series, and it's ominous gaunt talking. I guess it's using like AI, and like talking shit. I don't know. I don't know what. I forget what it, what what he talks about. But it was they were calling it like a a quote unquote spinoff of Hogwarts Legacy. Okay, yeah, ominous gaunt's an asshole. At least for like <laughs> the first part of the game, he's he's an ass. He gets better later, but like. No, he's an asshole. Uh, I like. Oh, that's another thing. I like all the characters in the game. They're all very fun. They very like you get up to some shit like as a student. Yeah, like, they really sell the whole like these kids are getting up to some you know some stuff in true Harry school. Potter fashion. Yeah, so good game. I need to finish the campaign for it. Um, yeah, Hogwarts Legacy is really fun. I was gonna say like uh, there's nothing like because I play like other live service games. Like, I play like Final Fantasy fourteen, but I. I the critically acclaimed MMORPG. Yeah. I, 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 I won't call that my favorite game unless, like, an expansion has just dropped. Then I feel like I could say, like, Endwalker is my favorite game. But now that Endwalker is, like, over it, you know what I mean? Like Endwalker ended? Yeah, now we're going to get whatever else. I wonder <laughs> if they're going to announce a new one at the Fan Fest. I Probably. think it's, like, this weekend or something, or next weekend. I might get a name or something. Okay, now, my favorite game of all time. All time. Yeah, what is yours? See, you weren't supposed to just toss it back oh, to me okay, like that. Well, um, no, wait, I... Mine okay, yeah, is yeah, probably go. Super Smash Brothers, either Melee or Brawl. I don't know which. I oh. spent a lot of time in both of them, but um, I don't know which one's my favorite. That's. I fair. think my favorite to like currently play would probably be Melee. Like I still play that, but Brawl. I was like big into the Brawl modding scene and like all that. So. Brawl modding, yeah, because there was one. Mod, what was that mod called? I forget. There was like one Project Brawl M. Mod that everyone, Project yeah, Project Plus, M was Project the one Brawl everyone Midas. played. There's lots of like textures and game modes people have done all kinds of things in that game mm-hmm. good and bad so my favorite game of all time it's, very, it's hard because I've played so many but I'm going to give it to Ace Combat 5 okay Yeah, I've always loved the Ace Combat series guys if you don't know it's like an arcade uh, fighter jet game so it's not the most like you know not fantasy or anything but Ace Combat 5 was about as close to, um, I guess, fantasy as you could get in that series. It was a, it was such a gripping story, and I loved the music. I was so invested in that game. I cried multiple times. Every year, I have to like go back and play cutscenes from that game just to relive the nostalgia. Hmm. <sighs> yeah, I never knew a lot about the Ace Combat game. That's one of those series I just didn't. I've never really known a lot about. It's not because it's it's not one of those things a person just picks up and plays because it's you see these metal these these metal birds and it's like well I'm not really into playing so why would I pick this up 
you don't think that, well, maybe there's a really engaging story. You don't really see characters. Yeah, because it doesn't seem like it's like a story-driven game, but it like, actually is. It's kind of like, uh, you know how, you know, racing games, Gran Turismo, Forza, you know, you know how there's people who play those games religiously, and there's many people who just never pick them up because they're not really into cars like that. Yeah. Now, I don't know if those thing. games are known for having stories or anything, but there's still that same the barrier. about Ace Combat, is Ace Combat more of a, like, uh, flight sim, or is it like kind of more like a arcade flight? Oh, game? very much an arcade flight. Okay, it I is not like a sim at all. That I think you could hook up a flight stick to it. Actually, I, I own a flight stick. I haven't tried it on my Ace Combat yet, but um, yeah, it's it's way more arcadey. Okay, I didn't know. All right, well, I've got my next card. What you got? This last card of the day. Oh, this is an easy one. Uh, Japan exclusive Yu-Gi-Oh product you'd like to see imported? All. Okay, you guys <laughs> have to give an answer. No, I mean, I, uh, there's a lot. I got. Okay, the enemy controller right now. I mean, like I know that's one that won't be getting imported. Like not unless you normally, import so I'm gonna have to like get it. But like, seriously though, like all. Like I think that any time that they make these Japanese, like that Zeus figure and all that stuff. Like, what if you can only get one though? I mean, if I can only get one, I want the enemy controller. I've wanted an enemy controller for many years. Okay. But like, I really think they just need to like make them all available here. There's no point in like holding them. Here. We'll buy them. I will. <laughs> I, I'll buy them if nothing else. But the uh, let me think. Don't worry, Konami. You'll get all the money you need from me. There. What would if I could get one Japanese pro- Yu-Gi-Oh product to the states? It would be Rush Duels. Come okay, on, Konami. Help. Yes, it does. I want the physical Rush Duel cards. That's what well, I want. Well, it's not I Japan don't... exclusive. You got a video game on the Switch. No, it is. I can't get the. I can't get physical English cards. It's Japan exclusive. I thought you were gonna say like the Zeus model or something. I mean, no, that's kind well, of. A... I thought that was coming over. It's not. It's not. It's like a premium Bandai thing, but like you don't get to just walk in and buy it. You we'll gotta see. order it. We'll see. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think they should do like all, all this whole like. OCG, TCG, and, like, Japan-exclusive stuff. All that shit needs to stop. Yeah, we're ending the beef right here. Yeah, like, I think that they just need to just release everything here. Like, I'll, I I know there's, like, some inherent risk, I guess, in releasing some of this stuff overseas. Maybe there's, it'll just undersell, and it'll be, like, a lost venture. But you got to try. Come on. Say, so what you going to do? You going to pay them back? You going to pay them back the money they Yeah, I will. I'll pay. I'll pay up. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, at least bring over some more than like the figures and models, which they are slowly doing as we did cover. That's true. Yeah. There, there's a few more things that are coming over that might not have happened a few years back. So, cool. Yeah. So those are our cards, which means that brings the pot of greed. Yeah, it brings the pod to an end. I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Hypeland. I got a new shirt from there. At oh, I didn't wear my new one. Expo. I don't know if you guys can like see the sleeve here. Really, you have to like. Let's see. The there's back. like a. There's like a. Geez, let me Show it to him from the back. Like maybe you can. Ooh. I don't know if that even shows up. There's a Jinzo on there, uh, so it's a really got a cool Jinzo shirt. Um, I have a flame wingman one that I should have worn, but I'm an idiot. And also, I got some Sonic Crocs. I don't know if you guys have seen them. Larry's socks, Sonic Crocs, and I'm wearing them with Sonic socks. This feels like a Dr. Seuss nursery rhyme challenge. Maybe Sega should sponsor me. I'm kind of a fan over here. His, Jesus, his Sonic Crocs. He wears. With I just want to say socks. I've been converted. So I to Sonic or Crocs to Crocs. I used to think that Crocs were like oh, this is so lame. Like I'm never gonna wear Crocs. It's corny. Like it's why do people wear these? They look so silly and weird. 
they're so comfortable, guys. These are the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn. I love these things. I will now wear Crocs as like my leisure shoes every day of the this year. This feels like the end of the green eggs and ham story. Yeah, I will not. He will wear them. I, I, at first, I was like, I will not wear a Croc. I will not wear them on a dock. I will not wear them with a sock or whatever. Wear them I will not wear mouse. Crocs. Paul, I am. But now I'm like, no, I I love Crocs. These are these are great. Uh, he sponsor me or something. I don't know. In a box. All right, I think that's it for everything, huh? Yeah. Cool. All right, guys, that has been the Pot of Greed. We'll see you guys in the next one. Pass, Pass turn. turn.